Welcome to The Swifterhood, a podcast all about Taylor Swift's lyrical genius. Whether you've known from her debut album that she's had a place in this world, or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song, lyric by lyric. And we're back. Welcome to episode 207. We are covering three songs today. Ooh. Quite the ambitious oh, la, la. attempt. Um, and the three songs that we will be discussing today, as you probably saw in the title. Uh, it's a John Mayer song, first and foremost, right? Are we not talking about John Mayer? No, I, I don't know what you're talking about. You scared me. <laughs> Is this a Taylor Swift podcast? <laughs> I mean, I love John Mayer, so I'm happy to talk about more. Okay. Um, 22... Stay, 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 and Forever Winter. So two songs from the original release of Red. Yes, ma'am. Um, and one from the Vault song. Yes, ma'am. All right. And we have a fearless feature today, which was chosen by our lovely Morgan. And the topic, I think, is tuition. It is. It's, uh, well, it's access to education, essentially. And... um. I I think this is something that is on the forefront of a lot of people's minds, probably me more so because I'm currently in the process of paying back my law school tuition. (laughs) And the main, you know, as much as I love my job of of being a public defender, one of the primary reasons I went into public interest was so that I could take advantage of the 10 year, um, 10 years of payments, and then the rest would be forgiven. But that brings us to the point that I am not the only one in this country with these concerns. There are many, 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 roughly 45 million Americans that still owe a total of $1.6 trillion in student loans, which is absolutely absurd. Yeah. And you all cannot see this. And Morgan, I don't know if you're planning on reading all of this, but I want to let the listener know that she has an entire page filled with information here. (laughs) So let me know what you're planning on sharing today. (laughs) This is jam-packed. I know. Sorry. So the organization that I really wanted to focus on was um, Scholarship America, which is scholarshipamerica.org. And they are an organization where they address student debt on the front end by helping ensure students incur less debt while pursuing their college education. They engage in ways and support programs that help strengthen financial support for students. Um, I think we... You know, as a as a country, I think we are moving away from the idea that everyone needs a college education. But I don't think that that takes away from the fact that if you want a college education, you shouldn't be hindered from getting one just because you can't pay for it. And um, this this site uh, puts together scholarships for people that um, want to access money to go to college, and they do it by way of. Uh, you know, writing essays or giving it to people that grew up in communities where they can't, their families can't afford to send them. Um, And so I just, so donate so that people, if they want, can have access to this money to attend, to attend school if they, if they please. Um, I just want to just throw out some facts for y'all that the average tuition for one year of private college is $37,650. Thirty seven thousand six hundred and fifty dollars. That's that's just the tuition. I think a lot of people forget that when you take out money or borrow money to go to school, you also obviously have to take out money for living expenses. And I use this story a lot, but like I chose the law school that I chose to go to, which was the City University of New York, is the leading public interest law school in the country. And 
not only did they did they provide me with an amazing public interest education in law, but they their tuition rates were seven thousand dollars a year. But that while that sounds amazing, I still had to take out twenty eight thousand dollars a year in in living expenses because mm-hmm. I was living in New York. And that's yeah. what a lot of people are faced with. So um and I thought this this fact was staggering was that college education costs have increased a hundred and three percent since 1987, while the median household income has only increased by 14%. Holy shit. So college and secondary education is getting less and less accessible to people as our, as our wealth divide grows and grows. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, something cool. It looks like you have on here about the scholarship America program is they, they don't only help people with debt on the front end, meaning like, helping them get scholarships and financial aid, but they also have um, equity programs. Yeah. So, um, so you're not getting a scholarship just based on like a 4.0 GPA, but you're trying to lower that gap. Yes. That's wonderful. Okay. So we'll link that. We will. And so I just thought that was an important thing to, to talk about today as our fearless feature scholarship America. Check it out. Okay, so the first song on the docket is 22. I don't know about you. But I'm feeling 22. I'm feeling it. Are you? Yeah, I'm feeling it. So I I, I really want to hear what you have to say about this song. But you go, you, you, why don't you give us a little intro? I think um, Taylor has, has put out some statements about this song that you found um, that maybe you want to have that be our segue into the yeah song. that's a perfect idea so taylor wants oh oh and also i have lyrics that she had previously before they were changed i don't know if you'd want to hear that or not yeah i, I think first before we do i just want to i always like to highlight the hidden message oh so the hidden message is ashley diana claire and selena and so i think all of us know that those were four of her friends i think it was ashley Avignon. Um, who was her stylist, Diana Agron, who was the, um, known for playing Quinn on Glee, 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 Glee. <laughs> Claire Kisslinger, who's a jewelry designer, and Selena Gomez, um, who was, everyone knows who Selena Go- yeah. Gomez is. <laughs> Let's to- talk more about who Selena Gomez is. <laughs> I don't is. need to go into that. <laughs> okay. So what has the artist said about this song? I don't know where this first quote is from, but for me, being 22 has been my favorite year of my life. I like all the possibilities of how you're still learning, but you know enough. You still know nothing, but you know that you know nothing. You're old enough to start planning your life, but you're young enough to know there are so many unanswered questions. That brings about a carefree feeling that is sort of based on indecision and fear, and at the same time, letting loose. Being 22 has taught me so much. Taylor also told Ryan Seacrest, so we know where this one happened. I wrote that about my friends. Like, finally, I've got this amazing group of girlfriends and we tell each other everything. We're together all the time. And I think that was kind of the maker or that was kind of the marker of me being 22. Like having all these friends and there's all these question marks in your life. But the one thing that you have is that you have each other. So, I mean, I I think that's the beauty of this song overall is that it's a huge hit and it's about friendship. It's not about a romantic interest. So I think um, 
this this song for me ebbs and flows. I think part of my issue with this song is the placement of it. I think it's really hard every single time that it comes up that it's after all too well that I can switch gears into like the emotions that all too well evokes into suddenly 22. I don't know why it was why she designed like why she decided this tracking order, but I think that that's something that's that I still like it's just really hard for me to go from that to 22. Right. What track was 15 and what track are 22? Like numerically, are they the same? Wait, what do you what do you mean? Like what number on the album? 15 was number 1. No, 15 was number 2, wasn't it? On Fearless. Okay. And then this is number 6. So not the same at all. No. What do you think about how those two compare songs about like a time in your life? So I think that the 15 15 has a bit more nostalgia for me, probably because it's further away than 22 was. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that 15 also, if that was after All Too Well, like I think that would be a better segue than 22. 22 is awesome. It's just super upbeat and like, and it's also then sandwiched by um, I Almost Do. Right. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. That's and it's part of what people critiqued about this album, right? About it not being sonically cohesive. Yeah. But as we talked about in a previous episode, I kind of think in a weird way, that's the beauty of this album. It's like it's that mosaic. It's that kaleidoscope of broken hearts. Exactly. That we didn't hear correctly in the lyrics for years. So I do have this excerpt um, from one of her journal entries that what she released. I think it's the third um, the third volume of Lover that this is coming from. Lover. And it's written, it looks like on June 10th, 2012, while she's in LA. And she starts by saying she's been in the studio nonstop this week. I was in with Max Martin and um, Shellback, the guys I wrote Getting Back Together with, which is interesting mm-hmm. that she's referring it to as that instead of We Are Never Getting Back Together. But Could, she couldn't be bothered to yeah. say the whole title. I had to do this corporate performance, um, et cetera, et cetera. But then she says, when I finished there, I got on the plane and this idea came to me. Quote, I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22, end quote. I wrote the entire chorus on the plane ride to L.A. When I landed, I went straight to the studio and played it for Max and Johan. They loved it. Um I was so excited. I wrote 22 about how much fun I've been having this summer and this year in general. It's so carefree and sounds like a summer anthem. I was floating on a cloud after we wrote it. The next day, I brought them a chorus called Trouble. That's about how I should have known what I was getting into. So that's her journal entry from when she finished writing 22. This song for me confirmed at that point in time, I had been worried about her switching into pop and a song like we are never, ever getting back together has a lot of repetition lyrically, which is what I was terrified that Taylor would devolve into, which we are never getting back together has some good lyrics in it. It's not like it's a horrible song. Like we just talked about it recently, like last episode. Yeah, (laughs) we like that song a lot, but I think this to me is like proof that Taylor can write pop music that has compact and precise, perfectly worded lyrics. So I think another reason why this song has also grown on me 
is because one of my favorite songs from 1989 is New Romantics. Mm. And I think that this is Mm -hmm. the start of New Romantics. (laughs) I have this written down. Do you? Yeah. That involves, that evolves into New Romantics. Yeah, it's like the precursor. It is. And I almost think that she's trying to hit on the emotions that she evokes from um, New Romantics with 22. And she kind of misses slightly, whereas she gets it spot on with new romantics right and we should try to as we go through the lyrics point out those sort of mirror spots i did want to say about the music video that this is one of my favorite taylor swift music videos of all time why it's just so fun it is i think did you watch it recently? i did i watched it recently in preparation of of this look at me preparing and it is it's really good yeah it's okay i just I do like that. I remember when it came out, I really liked that Jessica Shore was Jor was in it because I was obsessed with Gossip Girl at that time. Didn't even notice that. Uh, but she I played think Vanessa on Gossip Girl. OK, I'll have to go back and notice that. Interesting. I think that this music video has the same thing that I like about um, the endgame music video, which is I really like seeing Taylor Swift have fun. Like I like the I party never saw vibe. That music video. What? I know. I told you I'm really bad at music videos. <sighs> we need a whole podcast. Like I bet. So comedy bang bang is like my favorite podcast ever, and it's huge. It doesn't need any help being promoted. But they, the main host, has a another show now called Scott hasn't seen, where he talks about movies that he's never seen that are classics, and he watches them for the first time. I think we need a Morgan hasn't seen. <laughs> And it's just a series of like you watching the music video for the first time after I've listened to the song so many times. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? How have you not seen this music video? Well, no, I saw 22. I just hadn't seen Endgame. But. Oh, right. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's a little better. Yes. I loved this for New Year's as well. Like, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Feeling 2022. I loved it when people were like cutting that together. And then at the actual ball drop, I was like, we have to play this song. We have to listen to this song and watch the video. And I hate to support her old stuff, but you know, like that video, that's the thing about the music videos. It's like, they are good. We can't get them back. You know, I know. Okay. So do you want to, do you want to jump in or is there anything? Yeah. And I don't even know if I have a ton to say about these lyrics, but we'll find out, I guess. No. Yeah. Um, Okay. So it feels like a perfect night to dress up like hipsters and make one of our exes. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And it kind of sounded like a little laugh there. Yeah. We were talking about this in the last episode as well with the use of hipsters. Like, like just one of the first times that hipsters become so prevalent is around this time when this was released. Right. And you know Taylor's on Tumblr and she was or she was at the time more, so she's seen this lingo. She keeps up with the internet. For sure. It feels like a perfect night for breakfast at midnight to fall in love with strangers. I think there's a little bit of new romantics there. Uh huh. I just really love this vibe of just being out all night with your friends. I mean, 22, this was this for me. Like we just talked about downstairs, Morgan, like <laughs> how we don't want to go out anymore. I know. <laughs> <laughs> like what's every three months, maybe? Maybe. If you're feeling ready to just dance. But like our bodies can't handle the change in routine and staying up that late like they could when we were in our early 20s. Like 22. But that was the vibe. Like, yeah. I never slept. Like, I would go out on a weeknight if my friends were like, hey, we're picking you up. Let's go out. Or like, 
And breakfast at midnight, like when you would go after you would leave the bar and you would just go and get go to a diner and just get breakfast. Yeah. yeah. Or a big sandwich somewhere. Yeah. Breakfast was <laughs> yeah. where it was Wa- at. Waffle House. Like Denny's. <laughs> everybody has done this. Like you've had an, a fun, not everybody can say that. Like if you're a teenager, hopefully you haven't yet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Babies, we hope so. <laughs> I hope not. But, you know, like a lot of people have had this experience. It's like what we were talking about, just relatable. Her making relatable experiences into something that she can... Pr- precisely articulate and this is just the perfect image of that and it's just a friendship anthem just going out with your friends and having a blast like that's it so now we get into the chorus yeah we're happy free confused and lonely at the same time amazing it's amazing (laughs) it's miserable and magical oh yeah you love that alliteration don't you morgan i do love that alliteration and it's very once again new romantics yeah, I think the happy, free, confused, and lonely is that is new romantics. Yes. Um, tonight's the night when we forget about our deadlines. Uh, so I, I have written here that during her interview with Daily Beast, she expressed that I feel like I get my heart broken more than break hearts. I just kind of I think that it's been more the case for sure. So she's obviously with like, you know, it's miserable and magical. Tonight's the night when we forget about the deadlines like she just is is um you know saying you can still you you have your heart broken but that's magical because then you connect with your friends in my opinion yeah but can't deadlines also be like just literal like exams oh yeah for sure i didn't i didn't mean deadlines i meant the it's miserable and magical oh oh okay that makes a lot more sense yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) should have clarified okay <laughs> you said it after that line that's why i, I know that. because i kept on reading because yeah you just wanted to finish a yeah. segment i get it all right so it's time it's time to freaking break it down because this is when it starts to bust into that chorus this has like one of the best breaks ever yeah it does it's like Bruh! and it's- that's when she's like stomping on that heart yeah. in the music video it's great. I'm not saying anything useful. I'm just talking about how great it is. And is that is that when I don't know about you? Mm-hmm. This, yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 22. Everything will be all right if you keep me next to you. You don't know about me, but I'll bet you want to. Everything will be all right if we just keep dancing like we're 22. Okay. I'll bet you want to. Super cheeky. It, yeah. I love it. Yeah. You know, I love when she gets a little sass and I love seeing moments of Taylor's confidence. I feel like this is the age where she starts to show it a little bit more. Yeah. You know, which makes sense. She's 22. She's more comfortable with who she is as a person. Well, yeah, she actually she says having written a song called 15 about how much I learned at age 15 and how that was a really heavy year for me. I learned a lot of lessons the hard way and it was a vulnerable age. And 22 is a vulnerable age, but you're a little bit more brave. You're a little bit more ready to take risks and live with the consequences. To me, the song 22 has a more carefree background to it because the age of 22 is much more carefree for me than 15 was. Hmm. I mean, you have a lot more confidence. Yes, you're just it's really like the time of like learning how to be an adult. Yeah. Like you're just learning how to live on your own. And to be, to find who you are, because I think we've said before, you know, like you don't, 
you don't fully become the person you're going to be until your brain stops growing at like 26. So 22 is when you're still trying to figure out which which paths you're going to take, which person you want to encompass as an adult. Well, I don't know why, but I have this weird thing where whenever I sing this song, it feels like the space in between 22, like there should be something. And so for some reason, I had this thing in my head where I would say hashtag 22 to like fill that gap. I have no idea why. There's just like a really long <laughs> pause in between them. Which wh- where when I'm feeling 22? Yeah, like in between 22s. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it seems like one of those nights. This place is too crowded. Too many cool kids. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Who is Taylor Swift anyway? Ew. Okay. I love this song. Or I, this song. Of course, I love this song. I love this line because I think this line can be relatable to the fans at the time because this is a time in her life when people start critiquing like oh she's in like relationships and like dating and for fans to be like who is taylor swift anyway like to for fans to hear other people saying that do you know what i mean yeah like i think that that's when i sing it i think about like the haters you know yeah and so for her it's i think it's Who also, is Taylor Swift anyway? But it can be both ways. It can be, yeah, because it's because I also, you know, I think on the on its face, it's more like this is her her entering into the pop scene. So it becomes she becomes a much more wide wider known name um, because her music is played on a more variety of stations, and everyone that's been with her, her fans know who she is but everyone else is hearing these songs being like "Ooh, this is catchy but who is taylor swift yeah (laughs) yeah who is she anyway okay well it seems like one of those nights we ditch the whole scene and end up dreaming instead of sleeping that's my favorite line oh that was my favorite line too we have one in common (laughs) i feel like that doesn't happen that often it doesn't i do i love it because i mean it's so simple but it's such a great thing, like dreaming instead of sleeping. It's just so it's just so it's perfect. It is. It's perfect because they go together in their own thing, but they mean separate things. It's just where I can't even I'm doing horrible, horrible job explaining it. OK, do we really want to break it down? Dreaming. Dreaming can be metaphorical for like imagining the future. Dreaming can also be literal for you're while dreaming you're while you're sleeping. Yeah. And so instead of sleeping, they're dreaming, but like in the metaphorical sense. Yeah. Because they're running around making dreams of their like carefree life. And not sleeping because it's midnight and they're getting breakfast. Exactly. And we didn't really go through that main line in the chorus. This one changes where she says, we're happy, free, confused, and lonely in the best way. Whereas the first time she said, at the same, same time. time. Yeah. Um, But like talking about those words, happy, free, confused, and lonely, like why that line is good is that dichotomy right like you're happy and lonely you're free and confused like these things seem kind of contradictory but they obviously like are so meaningful to her because now during this whole re-release um era of red she has this is that's how she described this album yeah and i think also 
it sounds so simple to just have those four adjectives, happy, free, confused, lonely, right? Like they're just normal adjectives, but it's that thing where she's explaining a feeling that you felt that you didn't know how to explain it. It's like, oh, yes, it's the depth of human emotion. Like feeling lonely, being so sad because you're lonely, but super still, happy with your friends exactly, and where you yeah, are. Still, still like living it up and going out and partying, even though deep down you're like, oh, I wish I had a relationship, but yeah. it's okay. And you're free because you have the freedom to make choices because your life path hasn't been for certain decided but at the same time you're confused because you don't know what you really want to do with your life yet and every decision seems so monumental Mm -hmm. it i've likened it before to just like being at the edge of a cliff like graduating college kind of feels like that like you've been on this path of school and it's led you all the way to here and then you walk to the edge of the cliff and then you're like now what you know so and then this this chorus also it changes when she says tonight's the night we forget about the heartbreaks instead, instead of the of deadlines. deadlines. Yeah. Yeah. So and there's multiple reasons why you could be stressed or upset. It could n- not only be heartbreak, could it be it could also be deadlines. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Um we go through that chorus again. It feels like one of those nights we that all repeats again. Yep. Are there new lyrics here? No, there's not. And here I just said there was like not a lot of repetition, but I still feel like there's more there then we are never getting back together i forgot to write down my ranks shoot oh goodness gracious um well you know what we didn't get to actually is uh you look like bad news i was just gonna say that yeah i gotta have you i gotta have you so she's like here recognizing that red (coughs) pun intended flag (laughs) but saying like you're still into that like in trouble and like in new romantics Mm-hmm. I will start out with my overall ranking. Yes. Okay, my overall ranking in her discography of this song is 93. Oh, mine is 95. Oh, that's pretty close. And this is number seven on the album for me. <laughs> it's number 22 for me. Oh. <laughs> so bizarre. Did you do that on purpose? No, I, I didn't. I don't know if I believe you. <laughs> I, I, I don't remember when I ranked him, but I feel like I would have been in tune with that, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it should be higher than 93 in my overall, though. Like, this song just makes me so happy. Whereas I feel like it's kind of weird that mine is, that my overall is 95, but on this album, it's still, like, it's very low down there. Uh-huh. Rating Taylor Swift's music is hard. It's very hard. I don't, <laughs> I think you need to take all of our ratings with a grain of salt. Yeah. I don't <laughs> enjoy they change doing every day. It. I don't enjoy doing it. No. No, yeah, they do change every day. Okay, so song number two is... Stay, stay, stay. And the hidden message is daydreaming about real love. Um, And she has said that the song Stay, Stay, Stay is a song that I wrote based on what I've seen of real relationships, where it's not perfect. There are moments where you're just so sick of that person and you get into a stupid fight and it's still worth it to stay in it because there's something about it that you can't live without. In the bridge, it says, I'd like to hang out with you for my whole life. And I think that's probably the key to finding the one is you just want to hang out with them forever. Okay, yeah, I think that probably is the key to finding forever. But that's actually kind of one of the things I don't like about this song is because I feel like the sentiment of the song is early on in a relationship. 
And it strikes me as like way too soon whenever she's like, I'd like to hang out with you it, for the rest of my life. Like I'm like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> which is really slow down. It's really interesting because this is one of those songs that has um, like when we think I think back about when it was first released. And I know, like I've said in the past episodes, like I know exactly where I was when it was like what stage of my life I was in. And I had just met David and um, I was driving up to to D.C. to meet him because um, he was flying back from the U.K. at one point. And this song was like I would just play over and over and over again. I loved it so much. I would even skip like 22. I almost do. And just listen to this song. Ooh. Yes, that's intense. Okay, so I, so when I got it, so but you love this one because this one's kind of like, eh. I think I love it for nostalgic reasons. Like I now look at it after knowing all of Taylor's discography, right? Like I look right. at it and I'm like, this is not one of her strongest songs. It's not nearly one of her strongest songs, but I still really, really love it because it holds a really special place in my heart. And it's interesting that you say it. You're, it's frustrating because it's like at the beginning, it seems to be capturing the beginning part of a relationship. So then why does she like want to be with him the rest of her life? Whereas that's exactly what David and I chose to do was like, right, we were, really quickly. Yes. So it, I appreciated that part of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think there's other there uh, maybe only one other, but there's like a few relationship red flags in here oh, for, for me. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I also... Um, I think that it's, you know, cause she wrote daydreaming about real love and what she said, this isn't based on anyone. This is just based on her. Really? Because people have said this is about Connor Kennedy. Well, I think she says she's daydreaming about real love. So. All right. All right. Well, the reason people have said that, you know, she bought that house. Yeah. Like right next door to him. Uh-huh. So I don't know. But either way, I always pictured this was the same relationship as, uh, begin again yeah no i i i agree all right well let's get on into it i'm pretty sure we almost broke up last night i threw my phone across the room at you i was expecting some dramatic turn away but you stayed see i really love this because i remember being like yeah i have these crazy parts of my personality that come she out <laughs> Like that, you know, or just like I may, I may not throw my phone because that would damage my phone and I'm not going to break my phone for a reason. But I would do something like really You're a fire sign. Yes, I am a fire. Well, so is she. Mm-hmm. And so I would do something very like, oh, um, you know, almost tantrum me. Mm-hmm. And when I would do that, I'd always be like, oh, no, I just scared this person away. And most of the time I did scare this person away but yeah you would scare me away but at this time (laughs) in the relationship i was just talking about with david like i didn't scare him away and that's why i really liked the beginning of this yeah some dramatic turn away is an interesting turn of phrase i think she was just trying to find a way to rhyme just trying to get it there okay this morning i said we should talk about it because i read you should never lead a fight leave a fight unresolved that's when you came in wearing a football helmet and said, okay, let's talk. See? It's just like, okay, yeah, I guess we should talk about it, but I'm going to be prepared because I know your temper is going to get yeah, out there. Yeah, it's really funny. It's a cute moment. And yeah. when it, this is one of those things whenever I'm forcing people to listen to Taylor's music, I'm like, shh, 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 
listen to this part. Listen. Yeah. And then I'm like, did you get it? Did you get it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> like hyper explaining. I think it's a really cute moment. And I that's probably my favorite moment of the song. Um, I did want to talk about, because I read You Should Never Leave a Fight Unresolved and just give my opinion about it, which... <laughs> is unsolicited unsolicited right <laughs> but that's what you're here for i guess this podcast is just us bullshitting our opinions just spouting random shit so um interestingly enough when gabe and i got married we got uh you know we got several cards from people and a lot of them have marriage advice in them and one of them was actually from a colleague here who probably hadn't even met gabe at the time because he moved here when we got married, I was here for a couple months first. And um, she she said, you know, a lot of people say, don't leave a fight unresolved. But I actually think that my best marriage advice to you would be to sometimes go to bed angry. And, you know, I find that that advice was really good. I agree. I, I like that advice. Yeah, no, it's good advice. And because I, I agree with it in the sense that like, I've always heard too, like, don't go to bed angry, like that, that cliche of like, work, work it out so that right. like you get to the bottom of it, then you can wake up fresh. But I think, no, you're still angry. You're, you're still not, angry. you're, you're going to be spitting fire in that moment. Exactly. You're going to keep going rounds. It's, it's not going to be productive. You need the time to process and cool down and think with a clear head. Cause if you've got all this, like, adrenaline in your brain like you're not thinking clearly and the best time to do that is when you sleep because that's like how your body um rejuvenates and you you know like it's the the most underrepresented or under um appreciated thing for athletes especially is like if you ever want to see progress in a gym like you have to sleep mm -hmm. there's just no ifs ands or buts like you are much better giving up and 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 training less if you get more sleep, because you have to remember that muscle memory, the same goes for your brain. Like if you're in this moment and you're like trying to hit, hit these points and it's just no one's like the other person's not listening to you, you need to reset, mm -hmm. come back to the table in a different way. Yeah. When you're both rested. Yeah, I agree. I think we've even had something work for us before where we've been like in an argument about something and then felt like both of us got frustrated and then say it's like midday or something just said like hey let's couch this like we're not saying we're not gonna work Come this out it, yeah. yeah but like right now we want to enjoy the rest of our day <laughs> we don't want to freaking argue so let's couch this and come back to this when both of us have had more time to think about it you know i and think it's good advice so basically end of unsolicited advice now i disagree with that marital advice and i know i am an expert after like um, almost four years of marriage, right? I am a oh, total yeah. expert. <laughs> everyone, everyone. I'm just saying, I think for me that the going to bed angry thing is, it's good advice. Um, So going back in, so she says, stay, stay, stay. I've been loving you for quite some time, time, time. You think that it's funny when I'm mad, 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 but I think that it's best if we both stay. I remember my cousin, my older cousin, um, telling me when this album came out that she loved this song for her relationship with her husband. And she was like, he's the only person that would have married me. And I was like, oh, that's tragic. And I just think of her every time I hear it. Like, that's my original connection to the song, you know? Yeah. This is actually one of the songs, a few songs that my sister, who hates Taylor Swift, likes. 
that's weird. I know. Of all songs. I know. <laughs> of all songs. I agree. And it's actually something that I would I I think of um when I was writing her toast that I delivered at her wedding this past year, I wanted to try to incorporate this song because I also feel like it's I mean, we're we're obviously related because I also feel like this is her in a relationship too. Like it's hard to find someone that would go along with your bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I so didn't funny. end up I didn't end up um involving it or incorporating it in. it in, but I was thinking about it. That's I love that. That's beautiful. Well, I think this whole um the whole chorus here, stay, stay, stay. I've been loving you for quite some time, time, time. You think that it's funny when I'm mad, mad, mad. Obviously she's repeating three words at a time, right? It's just cute. It is. It's just endearing. Like, it's like, how could you leave a person if they were singing this song to you? You know what I mean? Like, if I had been really pissed and then uh, if I'm this person, Taylor's dating, I guess it's imaginary, and I had been really pissed and she sang this, I'd be like, you know what? That's okay. (laughs) Like, it's just, it's just heartwarming, you know? And I think that's the overall feeling of this song. Like, it does make me really happy to listen to. Yeah, it's a great... I never skip it. (laughs) Um, Because before you, I'd only dated self-indulgent takers who took all of their problems out on me. I I don't understand after that lyric how you go into, but you carry my groceries, and now I'm always laughing. I get it. So so she knows her worth, right? Um, It does feel like a bit of a non sequitur because I don't think it's analogous to the same level yeah like you have really psychoanalyzed or you yourself have seen a therapist (laughs) and you have processed on a deep level what your self-worth is and how you deserve to be treated and you articulated that and then the comparison for why this person isn't that is you carry my groceries which feels like a very trivial thing right but trivial I, things tend to mean the be the most um, significant, right? It's that same feeling from begin again, right? Like you pulled my chair out, and you don't know how nice that is. Yeah. But I do think jokes. like the pairing of that next to each other, it's kind of like we talked about those metaphors in red or yeah. similes, excuse me, that like the, they're too different. Yeah. Like I think she should. Like you can see what she's trying to do, mm-hmm. but it doesn't actually. It it it's a little bit. It doesn't hit the nose on the head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like either the second one could have been a more profound statement or the first one could have been a lighter Less, way. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. To even it out. But anyways, you carry my groceries and now I'm always laughing. And I love you because you have given me no choice but to stay, stay, stay. Um, and then it's the chorus. So again. she feels like she has to, you know. It sounds sad to me. <laughs> Well, when you put it like that, but I think it's obviously it's much more light. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I've realized that like there's no one else that would make me feel this way. Yeah, but okay, all right. Well, let's go through this because I'll I'll bring it up when we get there. But she goes through the course again. You took the time to memorize me, my fears, my hopes and dreams. I just like hanging out with you. That's that would have been better earlier. Uh, after that other part. I will say that that's my favorite line. Mm-hmm. And I like how she says it quickly. Yeah. Um, All those times that you didn't leave, it's been occurring to me. 
I'd like to hang out with you for my whole life. Okay. Okay. Just because someone didn't leave you is the bar for why you want to marry them? So, no. All those times that you didn't leave me. Like, like I'm saying again. Like, you really believe you're not deserving of love if someone isn't leaving you. Like, that's not what she's trying to achieve with this. Yeah. It's, it it's, comes across a bit that way. She, it's, it goes back to the, like, I threw my phone across the room and you came in wearing a football helmet. Like, it's the same, it's the same sentiment in the sense that's like, I did all these things that in the past people have run away from, but you didn't run away from that. And so now I'm like, actually, like, I found someone that's not running away at my quirks. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah. That's how I interpret it. It makes sense. Okay. Well, we go on into... Um, it's the same. Yeah, okay, yeah. No one else is going to love me when I get yeah. mad, mad, mad. That... Like, how... Do you get what I'm saying now? I do. There's an undertone of, like... Self-deprecation. Yeah, and that no one else will love you and that you're going to stay in that relationship because you're afraid no one else will love you seems kind of problematic. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? I do. I I love accepting someone for all of them, including their flaws, and helping them grow through that. But there do seem to be some red flags, like I said. I would love to hear some other people's take on this song. So when you get to this point in in the podcast, please shoot us... A message. <laughs> okay. So I think that it's best if we both stay. Stay, 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 I think stay. The, la- the biggest change next is, ha oh, that's so fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't ever, wasn't really sure what she said there. That's so fine, I thought she said. I, th- I knew it was that so fun, but I was all, I, I just, she could have just ended at, I think that it's best if we both stay. And yeah, I don't know why she adds that extra stay and then hold it and it ends because it would be like stay like the word, you know, in the re-record, the laugh and that's so fun sounds kind of weird and off and fake. Well, exactly. Because it's not because I'm sure the original was an original clip, right? Right. What did you think? Well, 22, like. That's not one that has a recording. We already talked about we are never getting back together. But in the re-record, I didn't, I forgot to ask you. Did you think that it sounded like the same oh, yeah, as the first one? Oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about, I, I think it sounds completely different. Really? 22, yeah. Oh, no, no, no. We are never getting back together. The recording section where she's talking. Oh, no, I asked I thought you that if sounded, you liked it. That sounded similar. It sounded the same yeah, to you? Yeah, Because this one to me sounds totally different yeah she sounds so much older it sounds inappropriate to be added to the end of the song yeah i i almost wish if like couldn't they just just have i guess they can't keep it you know they can't keep the original it's not technically music but yeah it just it maybe should have just been cut it just sounds fake at the end there and i i do want to go back because now you remind me i do think that 22 the song sounds so different during the re-record we never talked about that okay what do you have to say about it it just sounds like it to me 22 on the first album she sounds 22 so it's Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. fitting whereas now 
I think we talked about this kind of with like 15. Now when she's re-recording it, she doesn't sound 22 anymore. So it's more like she's looking back at her time again when she was 22 mm-hmm. as opposed to singing while she's 22. Mm-hmm. I didn't hear that big of a difference in 22. For me, this one sounded totally different oh, because sweet. her voice sounds to me in this song really like girly and naive and like light. And she's just like, she just sounds like a young girl, right? And I think a lot of that is the sound of the song. Like I was saying, it just sounds so playful. Like, how could you be mad at someone if they're singing this? Like, it just gives you happy feelings. Yeah. And because her voice is deeper, it just, it, I don't know, it hit differently. Interesting. I, I think it sounds very similar to the first. Well, we have different opinions, and that's what makes us stronger together. What is your rating of this song? So, on the album, it's 21. Okay. So, I mean, I, I say I love it, and the nostalgia's there, but I under, but I also am very realistic about the fact that there are so many better songs. So, it's 21. Hmm. Well, it was 16 on the album for me, which surprises me, but oh. I think some of the originals just kind of end up being higher up. Not always, though. Some of the new ones are, like the vault songs, um, like bumped original track songs for me. But I think sometimes you just like a song for your attachment to it, you know? Definitely. I'm trying to find... Um... Your overall? Yeah. My overall ranking of this song in the discography of Taylor Allison Swift is 106. 103. Wow. Very on the nose there. Yeah, at least only today. Yeah. Okay, and um, last, you guys on this one get a third song, and this is (laughs) Forever Winter, which is one of her From the Vault songs that, so the first time we heard it was when she re-released Red, Taylor's version. Exactly. So first impression of this song, I was like, I love the melody and it's like super catchy. Didn't really like it. I was hearing it about a romantic relationship and I was like, ooh, Me too. don't like it. And then we've texted about this. I don't think we were able to not talk about it for yeah. a while. We had to talk about it. Hearing it as a song about someone with mental That's health tough. and and it's like i don't know how to give a trigger warning for this trigger warning yes suicide it seems like yes um is a theme of the song if if this um is gonna affect you just fast forward to the end um to our taylor trivia or something (laughs) all right so hearing it from that perspective totally changed it for me um i I feel new kinship with the song so, and I I think I initially also was a little bit taken aback by the the juxtaposition of the melody and the lyrics because it sounds much more upbeat than what it's actually about. Like the production quality of Forever Winter mm-hmm. sounds like it should be like a almost like a stay stay stay. Like it a, sounds like a Christmas song to me. An upbeat well it has winter in the word Aaron. Right, but the does the like the music in the background sounds like a christmas song and but but then the the content of it is so is much more yeah is heavier that it it almost feels like the pairing doesn't work but i think it works now like i i appreciate it now when i initially heard it i thought it was 
it was a weird pairing. Right. But I think she does that on quite a few songs where, you know, it's a sad message, but an upbeat tune or vice versa. And I think that's kind of cool when somebody can do this. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think I was just like you. That was your initial. That was thought. my initial reaction. And, and like you, I think I was initially hearing it as a as a issue with a romance as opposed to um I think this is her friend or her brother. I think it's when I first, when I finally clicked to me that this was about someone with mental health issues and it was someone close to her that she wasn't romantically involved with. I, I immediately thought it was her brother, but I think a lot of people are, are talking about this, this guy that she, that did commit suicide. Um, One of her friends when she, I think it was, his name was Jeffrey or something. And she went to his funeral the day that, speak now was released mm. yeah interesting do you know if he was gay i don't know what i have here though is that um some fans believe forever winter is about the death of one of swift's close friends from high school jeff lang mm-hmm. he died at age 21 in 2010 and swift attended his funeral the week she released speak now in the same w- week swift won a bmi country songwriter of the year award and dedicated the prize to lang sharing during her acceptance speech it's been a really emotional week for me. I've been a really, it's been a really emotional week. Yesterday, I sang at the funeral of one of my best friends, and he was 21. And I used to play my songs for him first. So I would just like to thank Jeff Lang. Oh, my goodness. Shoo. That's rough. I wondered. Thank you for looking that information up. You're welcome. Okay, well, let's get into it then. So he says he doesn't believe anything much he hears these days. He says, why fall in love just so you can watch it go away? Did you have a comment? You looked like you were about to say something. No, I thought that we, if you, I was, I thought you paused because you wanted me to then read it. (laughs) To take turns. Yeah, but like we used to in school. Well, do you have thoughts on that? No. I mean, it's just someone losing hope and. And obviously is like, why, why would we, you put yourself through love if it just keeps ending? Right. And I think. Like, that's where a lot of this read as a romantic thing just feels like a whiny person. Yeah. Instead, once you take a step back and you you actually listen to it multiple times and realize that it is about someone with with mental illness or mental health issues, um, it becomes much more real and grounded in its in its message. Right. So he spends most of his nights wishing it was how it used to be. He spends most of his flights getting pulled down by gravity. Uh, I marked that as my favorite line. It's a good line. Um, What do you think he spends most of his nights wishing it was how it used to be? Do you think this is in reference to like before he had all, all of these thoughts in his head and was just living carefree or something? Yeah. Like maybe just even childhood. childhood. Yeah. Um, I call just checking up on him. He's up 3 a.m. pace in. He says it's not just a phase I'm in. That's where I wrote gay question mark. Yeah. That's, because that's the language of. It's not just a phase. Yeah. Yeah. My voice comes out begging all this time. I didn't know that you were breaking down. I'd fall to pieces on the floor. If you weren't around, 
too young to know it gets better. I also wrote gay question mark because it gets, it gets better. better is if you don't know, that's an organization that talks about like it encourages um, young gay people that they have a future. And so it, there was an ad campaign for a while where they would have celebrities or just older people come on and talk about how it gets better as an adult, like life gets better. So that was, if you're not from the U.S., you might not know about that campaign. Um, but too young to know it gets better. I'll be summer sun for you forever. Forever winter if you go. I also, I think it took it took me a while for me to realize that those were two separate sentiments. Like, I'll be summer sun for you forever. Like, I'll I'll be your bright spot forever. But mm-hmm. you will be, but I will be forever in the dark. If you go. Yeah. I think. Like, I, I, I don't. I thought I think it's interesting that. So I know that what she's doing is the juxtaposition of the summer and the winter. But she's not saying like she's always summer and he's always winter. It's more of just like bringing in the emotions around those those seasons to describe how it would feel. Yeah. Like how she tries to make him feel and how that would make her feel. Yeah, so I'd fall to pieces on the floor if you weren't around. Like, you're, if you're thinking it's a relationship, you're like, wow, okay, super dramatic, you yeah, know? also, like, really needy and you shouldn't be that reliant on someone. Exactly. And then, yeah, it feels very, like, pouring rain in the bedroom. Yeah. So I think when you hear it that way... It's like you can hear the emotion in her voice. Like she, her voice does come out begging. She, it does. She does a great job at like ma- at mirroring what she's singing about through her voice. I'll be summer sun for you forever, forever winter if you go. The construction of it doesn't fully make sense to me, That's which what, I think is kind of what, what you were I was hitting trying on. to say. Yeah, like I, I can't. Like it almost is like, yeah, so her double use of forever, her double use of forever is what's what's difficult. Mm. Oh, okay, Yeah. Because you don't know where one sentence ends. Right. For me, it's the fact that forever winter, if you go, doesn't seem like a complete sentence. Okay. Like it would be, it'll be forever winter if you go or. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like it's missing something. I think it just needed to fit in the construction of the song. I think you could also interpret it as she's cutting out and she can't really continue speaking full sentences. That, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, it, it's still her delivery like that and her the choice of her to use that uh, deconstructed sentence or incomplete sentence builds in like is is deliberate so that you feel the emotion of her breaking down right yeah and i want to choose to believe it was that yeah (laughs) okay so he seems fine most of the time forcing smiles and never minds you know this this just thought maybe it is about two different people too hmm okay because so I think there's two different sentiments going on. And I, I, I really appreciate your whole your 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 pointing out of it gets better. And it's not just a phase because I hadn't 
I hadn't put those two and two together for someone maybe struggling with coming out and being gay. Mm-hmm. But it's a very different. It ends with her at three a.m. calling and he's pacing versus this one ends at five a.m. wasted. So it seems to be different mental health issues. Oh, it could be. Yeah, and it could be multiple relationships yeah. that she's talking about. That's interesting, Morgan. Okay, well, he seems fine most of the time. Forcing smiles we saw in Speak Now in Enchanted. So I just always like to point out when yeah, there's... Yeah, the, where <laughs> she obviously has these like... Little phrases. That she loves to... Or moments or emotional uh, thoughts that she likes to reuse. Mm-hmm. So... The never minds. Do you think those are like? Is everything okay? Or oh yeah, never mind. Or like you seem upset. You seem you, you seem off. Never mind. Or oh I or a start of say, something like oh, I just feel so down. Oh never mind. His laugh is a symphony. When the lights go out, it's hard to breathe. So like I do believe now that I'm like really in this, I do believe it's two different people. His laugh is a symphony. We all know someone that they it, seem like they're really happy. And on the outside, it's just like you c- couldn't believe that they'd be struggling with depression or anxiety or some some type of like mood, mental health disorder or issue that mm-hmm. that kills you inside. But you're able to put on a a happy face and everyone always thinks you're so um, energetic and happy. Yeah, but when the lights go out, it's hard to breathe. So at nighttime is a totally different feeling for that person versus when they're alone. Yeah, versus in public. I pull at every thread trying to solve the puzzles in his head. Live my life scared to death. He'll decide to leave instead. Oh, my God. I know. That is what it's like to like be friends with someone and worry about that, you know? She pulls at every thread trying to solve the puzzles in his head. It's, I think, trying to help him. And I just want to say, Taylor, you're not a therapist. And you can be a good friend to the extent that you can. But sometimes a professional really needs to do that. I guess, you know, there's occasions where if someone won't see a professional and you're like, please do so. But it's just like such... A hard position to be in where you're providing care for someone when you like probably shouldn't be. Yeah. You know, you're not the qualified. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I call just checking up on him. He's up 5 a.m. wasted, long gone, not even listening. My voice comes out screaming. Yeah, totally different if she's dating this person, right? Yeah, so different. <laughs> she's calling. He's fucking wasted. He's not even listening. She's screaming at him. Yeah, and I di- it didn't match the vibe of the song. It like it just makes no. so much more sense now. Um, so uh, all this time I didn't know you were breaking down. I fall to pieces on the floor if you weren't around. All right, so we repeat this chorus again. If I was standing there in your apartment. I'd take that bomb in your head and disarm it. I'd say I love you even at your darkest and please don't go. Okay, Morgan, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's just such a, I mean, it's just intense, right? If I was there in front of you, I, that bomb, like it's just a t- like a bomb, you know, you think it's, a ticking, it's time. ticking. 
Mm-hmm. It's counting down. It's counting down. It's counting down. And she's saying like, I just want to take that away from you and stop it. Mm-hmm. But it seems like she, she hasn't been able to achieve that. Right. Which is how frustrating, frustrating and futile it does feel when you're trying to convince them. You, I mean, they're ill. You can't. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't stop you from trying. But I don't like the bomb in your head and disarm it. It always makes me cringe a little bit because it just feels like too violent of imagery. Yeah. Um, maybe appropriate for the topic of suicide. Yes. And maybe appropriate. I mean, but it makes me uncomfortable. Definitely appropriate for how people with mental health feel. Yes. But yeah, so it's, it's, that's what I mean by intense. It's very, it's very intense verbiage. Mm -hmm. for for a taylor swift song yeah it feels violent okay well i'd say i love you even at your darkest and please don't go that's just so sweet i didn't know that is a confession of guilt yeah you know i didn't know and she feels bad yeah that you were breaking down i'd fall to pieces on the floor if you weren't around too young to know it gets better i'll be summer sun for your forever forever winter if you go so that it starts to repeat again. It goes through the 3 a.m., 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with, he says he doesn't believe anything much he hears these days. I say, believe in one thing. I won't go away. So this song is about her trying to be there for someone with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And good on her, but also, oh, how tough. Yeah. Like, I... I have a lot of empathy for the person who is going through the mental health stuff, but (laughs) I also have a lot of empathy for the person who's being the support. Yes. You know, like that is a tough position to be in. And then for her to ultimately have lost that person, that's really rough. I wonder what it would be like to to see this live or if it would be one that she would sing. Because it feels kind of like Ronan or like, you know, it does. That's why I almost... Soon you'll get better. <laughs> I don't know if I should rate it. Yeah. I didn't have an overall ranking, obviously, because the vault tracks vault weren't track, on yeah. there. But it was number 20 on on the album for me. And I think I did rank that after knowing. I still... It's just... It's, it, <laughs> it's number 27 for me. It's still... Like, it's... Oh, it's still just not in the top... From, I don't even know how to explain no, it. No, it's, I mean, I think we've said this over and over and over again. Say but it's it again. Like, but it's like, even, I mean, even her, my opinion of her quote unquote worst songs are still really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, this is really powerful. And like I said, it's just I not, think we like it, it a lot you more. You just have to be in a mood to listen yes, to it. Yes, yes. It's like how I sometimes skip those, yeah. you know, like, occasionally epiphany or you know all of these like because they're so beautifully well done that they're painful (laughs) they are they evoke emotions that are hard to deal with Mm -hmm. so that is um the end of our you know analysis of these three songs but do you have a tell me why i do not but what i do have is something else for you. Oh, boy. I posted on the 
Instagram. I posted on the Instagram. <laughs> I posted on the Inst. No, you made me more Southern than I am. I'm more country than that. <laughs> I posted on the gram. Why are you so like? You I sound don't like know. A Remember, it's one of those. It's, it's like that, it's about that time. Yeah, country is like <laughs> southern is like well, I blah yeah, blah. It's slower. I'm from Kentucky, so it's more like <laughs> you know. I, I didn't want to be rude and say. They do call me Ernie Page. All right, let's get on into it. So I posted on the Instagram. The Graham. Song preferences. Which do you prefer? It's like a this or that. But I didn't pair them exactly for the episode pairings. I tried to pair songs that I thought were like kind of comparable in feel. That, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. So the first one is, which do you prefer? We are never getting back together or 22. Because they're both like pop huge hits like dance songs. And it is 61% prefer 22. Second one, which do you prefer, sad, beautiful, tragic, or the moment I knew? And 55% prefer the moment I knew, and 45% prefer sad, beautiful, tragic. Which which one do you prefer? Um, the moment I knew, definitely. Oh, yeah. It's like one of my top ones. And I forgot to say this in sad when we were doing the last episode recording, but... Now here we go. Did, I forgot did you to forget say it. Again? it <laughs> oh, oh, sad, beautiful, tragic feels like a speak now song to me. Oh, interesting. It seems in that genre of That's like fair. I don't know why it just feels a bit more of that to me. Okay. Anywho, on to Taylor trivia. Weren't there more? There are. I'm going to save them for other episodes okay. where we don't have theories. <laughs> Thank you very much. So I've got a trivia for you. Oh, yeah. And you're going to fill it. in the blanks. Okay. All right. So after a meme on blank, Taylor wore a t-shirt that said, no, it's blank. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll give you a minute. Do, 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 do. So where would a meme be posted? Oh, okay. After a meme on Tumblr? Yep. Okay. Taylor wore a t-shirt that said, no, it's... I don't know. Ah! Okay. Stumped me. I do, because I was on Tumblr at the time. It's Becky. No, it's Becky. Oh, yes. So I'm going to read the original meme to you, and I'll pass it over so you can see it. Y'all just Google, no, it's Becky, and the image will come up, and you can find it, Okay. So this person posts this picture of Taylor Swift with this tiara on. Okay. Looking like she's like, I don't know, 14 or so. And says, this is a picture of my friend Becky. She used to be a happy, popular girl until one night she snorted marijuana at a party. (laughs) She died instantly. Please don't do marijuana. It's the most dangerous drug out there. Please don't wind up like Becky. Okay. So... I don't even know. That seems like that is a joke in and of itself. It does. To say you snorted marijuana and yeah. died. And that it's the most dangerous drug out there. <laughs> <laughs> so that seems like that was a joke anyways. But then a person underneath t- that post says, pretty sure that's Taylor Swift. And then a person, another person. <laughs> said rep- no. <laughs> no, it's Becky. <laughs> With no punctuation, just no, it's not no contraction between T.S., no 
uppercase B for Becky. Just so that's the original post. Okay. And then I'll show you the t-shirt she wore. It's a yellow t-shirt. She I think has been spotted seen wearing it sp- spotted seen. She's been seen wearing it a few times, but the yellow t-shirt is the t-shirt. And that looks like 1989 era. Is it? That she's wearing this? Ooh, I don't know. It would be good to know what time period this happened. She has that in. short hair. Uh, t- 2014. Yeah, 1989. All right, where are you ready for plugs? Yes. We'll write your name. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. All right, plug us up, Morgan. So, as always, our bias a coffee is linked in the episode description, and it's on our website. Please rate and review our podcast and download the episodes. Follow us on social media. Uh, if you don't know it, our, our handles by now, I'm not going to repeat them. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Feeling a little cheeky? Yes. Just kidding. Instagram, it's Swifterhood Podcast, and on Twitter, it's Swifterhood P. I feel like if you're here, you know who we are. Yeah. But maybe not. Um, We got merch, too. We do. If you look at our website... You can click another link and it'll take you there. It looks like a little heart on a coin. Mm. Mm. You click on that. That'll take you to our, but it's a bonfire website. It's like www.bonfire.com slash the swifterhood slash store. You can also, slash. <laughs> you can also email us at swifterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. Okay, thanks for listening. Take him out with a little bit of ASMR.